Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Hello, I'm back, I can talk. I felt so restricted last week. <laughs> I didn't get any emails saying you sound like an idiot or you disappoint me with the program. So either you're not listening or you didn't care. If you didn't care, I appreciate your support, and uh, that means a lot to me. If you're not listening, well, you don't hear me talking to you now, and blah, 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 blah. I don't mind, but that's fine. I know you're listening. I see the downloads. I know you're there. Uh, another big show this week, um, because I'm back to call, so I've got a stack to get through. We're going to talk uh, Gmail, access points. I can't remember what Desmond was talking about, and a whole stack of other things. Plus, we're going to follow up with a caller about his iPad issues. We're going to talk streaming media. Not Stan, not Presto, not Netflix. Easy Flicks. There's another one. And the reason I want to talk to them is because of Better Call Saul. So uh, I'll bring you that shortly. Uh, Better Call Saul is a big show. I watched the first episode. Oh, very good. So um, awesome stuff. Um, So we've got that to talk about. Plus, we've got the spying TVs from Samsung. I've got an umbrella you can never lose. And we're doing it all, as always. Thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation GPS Technology uh, bringing you loads of great equipment from uh, sat-nav systems to your car all the way through to fitness, bikes, gear, golfing gear, you name it, they've got it covered. If it has anything to do with GPS technology, they are the masters. And I I saw it, CES, a a wireless review camera that works with your Garmin Satellite Navigation Unit. So that looks cool. I'm going to have a look at that when... uh, when it comes out here. We'll tell you more about that as it gets closer to launch. Plus, gee whiz, I've got some very cool stuff in the in the studio here today. I can't share, can't tell you anything about it. One of them is a, um, a camera system, which is probably the most exciting product I've got in a very long time. And the other one, well, I can tell you, it's the, it's the Samsung Gear VR. I think I'm going to be sick because this stuff makes me feel unwell, but I'm going to try it anyway. Uh, plus, I've got a thing I saw at CES, which is also from Netgear. It's a um, a ProSafe switch. So these are, you know, how you connect multiple devices to uh, to your network. But the difference here is these are the um, click switch. Very easy to mount on on your uh, uh, on, on your desk, under your desk, behind your TV, whatever it is. Plus, there's uh, there's USB ports, and I'm hoping they'll provide power. And therefore, they're an extra thing that rather than having PowerPoints and plugs and stuff, we can just charge our uh, charge our devices from them as well. So I'm going to mount that one here in the man cave in the EFTM studio and see how we go. All that is to come. Uh, you are listening to Your Tech Life. I appreciate your support. And you know what I want? I want suggestions. I'm not suggesting that I'll definitely be able to get this done, but the boys are very well. They were very good, and maybe they'll do another one for me. I'd, I'd like suggestions for another song. I like. I don't mind having the Mickey taken out of me. Uh, so if you are a creative genius and can think of a song that's better than this one, then suggest it to me. Send me an email eftm.com.au. Let's get another one made because this was made almost a year ago now, um, and I still love listening to it. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say.
Samsung are in the news today for all the weirdest of reasons. Um, they, they updated their terms and conditions, and I laugh because it is funny, really. It's funny that I've been talking about it on the radio all day. I think I did um, 15 radio interviews today. Um, I'm doing a thing on the Today Show in the morning because it's it's scary, right? They update their terms and conditions to broadly say, be careful what you say in front of the TV because it's listening to anything you say, including personal conversations. Now, that's been taken way out of context. And essentially, people are worried that it's recording everything they say, it's sending it up to a third party because that's what it says, and, uh, you know, concern and privacy knocks at 10 paces. I'm not one to care too much about privacy because, in my view, I don't have much to hide. And um, I just don't think that Samsung's going to care about what I say in my home. So, uh, at worst, so and let, let me go back. Here's how it works. When you are sitting in front of a top-notch, latest-type uh, Samsung smart TV and you say, Hi, TV. It kind of goes into this listening mode, and a little microphone appears on the screen. At that point, everything it hears gets sent back over the internet. And another big supercomputer somewhere goes, oh, they just said channel up. And then it sends a command back to the TV, and it changes the channel. If you say, hi, TV, uh, I'd like to watch Better Call Saul. It'll go to the internet. It'll find out where it is. It'll work out whether or not your TV has it. It might play it for you might record it for you. There's cool stuff it can do. So it's not always listening. Let's be very clear. Number one, it's not always listening. Number two, if it is listening, I don't think they care what you say. So let's say, I'm trying to think of an example that won't get me in trouble, but let's say I said, hi, TV, change channel. Oh, yeah, honey, I'm sick to death of, of Bob. He's, he's, he's annoying me. I'm sick of working for him. I wish he'd just... Go away. Uh, yeah, change channel, channel up. Now, all of that conversation was heard by the TV and it was sent over the internet to a third party, a computer that went, oh, and that computer probably went, what, what? And, and came back with an error. And you know what? That's it. Now, if perchance they are storing that information, if perchance they are uh, digitizing that into words and, and storing all the words that it hears from me. What are the chances that out of the millions of people using these TVs, they're going to do a search and go, hey, Trevor's not happy at work with Bob. I mean, seriously, just calm down, people. Everyone chill out, right? The point here is this is an opt-in. So, uh, this is a service you can opt out of. It is by default turned on. Now, if you are concerned about these things, let me be clear. My phone, if I say, hey, Siri, just turned on she's just there saying you can probably hear in the background so she's always listening but she's not recording not sending anything back to the internet until i say hey siri what's the weather like in melbourne tomorrow temperatures should be high tomorrow I didn't have to touch my phone for that to happen. But that question, what's the what's the temperature in Melbourne tomorrow, was sent to the internet quickly. It was transcoded. It came back with an answer. I don't think... And you know what? Maybe Apple keep a record of the information they send back, i.e. we send the weather a lot. But that's so they can refine the service. If you don't want that, you turn it off. If you don't want your smartwatch to respond to OK Google or your um, smartphone or whatever it is, you have to turn that off. But if you turn it off, 
you're missing out on these cool features like on a Samsung TV saying, uh, you know, find me this TV program and it will. I mean, let's be clear. It's it's just, just chill out, everyone. Just chill out. Anyway, it's rock and roll stuff, but Samsung's in, in the firing line, as we say. Uh, and they're probably hating it. But it'll all die down pretty quickly because we all love these services. You're listening to Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, I um, I remember writing a few years ago about the Blunt Umbrella. Now, Blunt Umbrellas are amazingly well-designed to the point that they um, they are very hard to turn inside out, so they're very, very sturdy, very strong. Um, but they also... Uh, you know, just a beautiful umbrella. Now, the problem is, I lost mine. I kid you not, I lost mine. So, I was somewhat annoyed, <laughs> if I'm honest, when I received a uh, an email from the people at Blunt saying we've got a new model, and it's the Blunt with Tile. Now, you've probably seen the ads for Tile. It was a Facebook campaign that went really well for them. Little tracking devices that you put on anything, key rings, uh, bags, whatever you want. And when you put them on the key ring, it enables the app to track them. Now, what's very cool is uh, they've embedded this into the umbrella. Now, because it's embedded into the umbrella, you'll never lose your umbrella. I love that idea. Uh, the The whole way it works is you, if you're at home and you're looking for, for your umbrella, you press the tile app and it says your umbrella, and your umbrella beeps, right? So you can hear where it is. It's like find my iPhone, but for your umbrella. And then if the if the umbrella's not at home and it's at the shops, it'll show you on a map where it was last seen because it's constantly in communication with your phone recording where it was, right? So a very cool thing, um, and I just think I wish it was on every umbrella because we've lost a lot of umbrellas in this home. If you want to see more, check it out at eftm.com.au. I've written about it there, and there's a few photos. And I've got to tell you, it is easily the best umbrella I've ever had. I know it sounds crazy, but... It was very good, and uh, and I wish I still <laughs> still had it, but I don't. And now I'll have to get myself a blunt with tile. Uh, check it out, eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. We do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin. The Garmin Vivo Fit 2, the Vivo Smart, the Vivo Active. These are all great quality uh, fitness trackers, part of the Garmin movement towards uh, Vivo Active, Vivo Smart, Vivo Fit. Now, the Vivo Fit is is a fantastic little device. Um, the Vivo Fit 2 is, is the latest model. Uh, again, comes in a range of colors, counts your steps, has a move bar constantly on the screen, uh, a one-year battery life, and uh, it's just a fantastic thing. It's water-resistant. It monitors your sleep, pushes you to a new goal, automatically syncs with your, with your computer or your device. It's very cool. Uh, the Vivo Fit 2 stores the data right on your wrist. It looks... Easy to read when you when you glance at it, and you can see everything from steps, calories, distance. It's all there. Uh, check it out. It's a great little fitness tracker at Garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Wherever you are, this is Your Tech Life. You can get in touch. Just jump on the Twitters at Trevor Long or go to the website eftm.com.au. Let's go to phones. G'day, Joanne. Hi, Trevor. How are you? I'm good. What can I do for you? Trevor, I was wondering if you can tell me how I can have a professional email address. I'm with iPrimus, so mm. my email address is iPrimus, um, and I wanted to find out how I can make it more business-like. Do you have uh, a domain name of your own, so something.com for a website or anything like that? 
I haven't at this stage, but I'm looking at setting something up. Well, you're kind of in the perfect place then because starting from scratch is actually easier. But for anyone listening who already has a website but isn't using that domain name, and I'll speak down a little bit if you like just to make it very simple for everyone, but the domain name is the most important thing. The domain name is that thing that you buy. It's the .com or the .com.au. And once you have that, you, you kind of create that and you use that for your branding. And now the example I gave on the radio on the weekend was um, my, my email address is, is at trevorlong.com. Now, I bought that name a long time ago, but it means that I've got I – no one knows what internet provider I'm with. No one knows who how I get my email. They just know that I'm a bit more professional than the bloke that says something at bigpond.com. And that's what you want, isn't it? Yes, exactly. So the good, my 100% recommendation, only because I use it myself and I've been through the process with many, many friends and, and, and kind of colleagues and different people I know in, in the game, is, is Google. Now, Google have a thing called okay. Google Apps for Work. Apps, A-P-P-S, Google Apps mm-hmm. for Work. And what it is, is essentially it's Gmail uh, and all those okay. other associated products, but you're allowed, you can do a little bit more professionally. Now, okay. if you just search on Google... Uh, for Google Apps for Work, you'll be you'll be taken to a page that gives you some basic understanding, and then I'm, I mean I'm doing it right now on while we're talking. There's the second option after giving it your basic details is I've already got a domain name, and if you oh. already own a domain name, then you all you need to do is verify that you own it. Now, if you're not tech savvy, you will need either your web host or someone that's been involved in that purchase beforehand to help you verify that you own that domain name. But uh, but that's an easy thing to do once you start hitting this step. And then you mm-hmm. simply uh, simply sign up, and what happens is um, you you ha- you have to pay. There's a, there's a small fee, but honestly, for the for the site of professionalism, it's well worth mm-hmm. it. Now I can't tell you what the price is right here and now. I've I, I don't right. have the data with me, but it's not very much. I, for example, pay pretty sure it's a hundred dollars a year for one email oh, wow. address. Mm-hmm. And now you can have another, a second email address. So, you know, you might be sales at your domain. The next one might be, you know, uh, accounts at your domain. There's two different people. And you might pay f- for each of those inboxes. But the great thing is, Joanne, you only pay per inbox. So if, okay. if, you're, if you're one person, and this is, I've set this up for my father-in-law. He's one bloke. He's got a small business, works from home. He's Richard, and he's Richard at his company's name. But then he's got a sales at and info at, accounts at, and all these different addresses oh. that, that on a website make it look like it's a big company, super impressive, yeah. but all those names are just aliases for that one email mm-hmm. inbox, so he's only paying once for it, and when you put it on a business card, when you put it on a brochure, when you put it on your website, it looks yeah. so good, and I can't but recommend it for you, Joanne. What, what line of business are you oh. in? Um, Jewelry, actually. Perfect. Um, I'm and setting up an online jewelry oh. business. Yeah. So, so now's the time to, to find the name that, that best works for you with a domain name because that's obviously challenging because mm-hmm. there's so many domain names that have already been bought. Um, yes. But once you've found an available domain name, uh, mm-hmm. get the process rolling. Now, if you're getting a .com, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you can buy them now directly through Google. Google's actually started selling domain names. If you're getting a .com.au then you do need yes. to find a company in Australia who's selling those domain names. But that's a very easy thing to do. And Google make this easy. They do. They, they really make it easy for people. And it's well worth just stepping through the process yourself. And you won't take long before you are uber professional and your friends are saying, when you say to your friends, here's my new email address, 
they think you are amazing because so many people still have at Big Pond or at Aussie Mail or at IINet yes. or at gmail.com, and I just think it's a really unprofessional way to conduct business. Exactly, I agree. Oh, that's fantastic, Trevor. Thank you so much. Easy done. Uh, enjoy it. Check it out. Google Apps for work, and if you have any dramas, just get back in touch, Joanne. Thank you so much, Trevor. Thank you. Bye-bye then. If you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology, or you just want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, go to the website eftm.com.au or you can call 1-800-157-157. G'day, Rob. Trevor, how are you going? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Look, I just wanted to get in touch with you and uh, let you know how I went with uh, Apple with, uh, as far as the problem I had with the iPad. Now, remind me, you lived in a, an area where there certainly wasn't an Apple store nearby, Port Macquarie or somewhere like that? That's right, the north coast, yeah. And uh, and you had a problem with your, your iPad and, and we're, we're basically thinking about getting a Samsung, essentially. You were, you, you, you were ready to move on. I think we, we suggested you talk to a local person that was li- or a local company that was listed as the kind of Apple... Look, I, I... Rang them and they suggested that uh, you know that there might be a, a uh, changeover thing for a, a certain fee and and uh, they'd just take it off my hands mm-hmm. and uh, through your good work uh, I was contacted by Apple and a very efficient and uh, friendly young lady there said look take it to the post office I'll send you a, an email just print that out and take it to the post office and I said well I'll pack it up if you don't pack it up and I thought. This isn't going to work, but I went into the Australia Post with the, the iPad and the printout, and they said, yep, not a problem, took it off my hands, and it went from there. So hang on, you um, didn't even have to put it in a box? Nope. Just iPad and piece of paper? That's right. Wow. That's right. And, uh, and I thought, this isn't going to work, but there you go. And uh, we you know, sent it off. Uh, it went through the system. It was over the Christmas break, so obviously there was a few hold-ups there. And they've replaced it with uh, a refurbished model, exactly the same. So you've got back an iPad which is working beautifully. Happy days. Exactly. No exactly. cost. And, and uh, you know, as I think I said on the email, it's it's a great system and a great company, and it just goes to show why people camp outside to, to get in there to give them money. It's funny, funny, isn't it? A lot of people don't appreciate that that's some of the reason why people buy these products is the after-sale support. Now, just remind me, it was a problem that was was out of warranty and we we were kind of worried that it was going to be either not possible... It was was just over two years old and it just... You know, just, just stopped. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And my point at the time was you should be covered by statutory warranty or Australian consumer law, and it sounds like Apple have basically acknowledged that they probably haven't put yeah. any of that in writing, but essentially they've fixed it for you, and you're happy, happy man now, no no I'm money very, required. Very, very happy, and, uh, you know, delighted with the company as usual. Well, mate, thank you very much for getting back in touch. I'm glad you've had a good experience, and I'm glad you got yourself back on the, on the tablet well, world, mate. As I said, uh, very grateful for your help and, and your assistance and, you know, keep up the good work. My pleasure, Rob. It's what I love doing, mate. Thanks for getting in touch, bud. Good on you. Thanks very much. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Jump on the website if you want to get in touch, eftm.com.au. Questions about technology, problems with technology, or you just want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, eftm.com.au, or call 1-800-157-157. Now, better call Saul. That is one heck of a highly anticipated TV program. Not, to be honest, not in the mainstream. Like I, I'm not across, I'm not stumbling across people in the street looking looking for it and wondering where it is. But certainly, it has a cult following 
of, of a grand scale, let me be clear, after the success of Breaking Bad, because Better Call Saul is the prequel. No, it's a spin-off prequel that in, includes the, the lawyer from uh, Breaking Bad, uh, Saul Goodman. Now, up until yesterday, I thought the only place in Australia I could watch Better Call Saul was Stan. Stan being that new uh, streaming TV provider um, that's backed uh, jointly by Channel 9 and Fairfax. Um, I've been using Stan. I've uh, I've got a 30-day trial of Stan and I uh, think it's fantastic. Uh, and I watched Better Call Saul first episode last night. But it turns out Easy Flix uh, also has Better Call Saul. So to clarify exactly how you can best get a hold of Better Call Saul and perhaps a whole world of other entertainment... CEO and co-founder of Access Digital Entertainment, Craig White, is on the line. G'day, Craig. G'day, Trevor. Thanks for having me. Sorry for the long intro, but I kind of wanted to set my my place in the world on this. This is um, this is interesting interesting because it this must be I reckon and per, correct me if I'm wrong, but this must be one of those really frustrating times in business where you go, "Hey, look over here, we've got it," you know, because everyone's talking about someone else. Uh, well, certainly, you know, it's fair to say that every time a new girl comes on the dance floor that they are flavour of the month, and, uh, and I'm sure it's going to happen next month as well, Trevor, when, uh, when Netflix uh, finally gets here. So, you know, it was to be expected, hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, the truth is that EasyFlix, uh, it's appropriate for us to call out to our customers and, and anyone who's, you know, considering uh, service that, that we have great programming, and including Better Call Saul, and you know, uh, we're not alone. There are other pay-per-view services, and uh, I shouldn't give them too much of a rap no. because they are more direct competitors. But iTunes and Google Play also have Better Call Saul, um, and uh, you know. Uh, but I need to call that out for my customers uh, so first and foremost. What is the offering? Let's go back ten steps. What is EasyFlix? What is EasyFlix? A uh, a pay to download, pay to buy, or a streaming media service? Because there are a lot of different styles of media services these days, aren't there? Yeah, there are, and there's a lot of um, confusion and miscommunication, um, you know, uh, in across them all. So I guess let mm. me try and uh, boil it down. I'll say that EasyFlix is primarily a pay-per-view service, which means you can either rent, in the case of a new release movie, it's $6, not unlike you're used to experiencing from your local video store, mm. or you can buy a movie for uh, for 20 bucks. seems to be the average price of a new mm-hmm. release movie. So it's pay-per-view. There is no monthly subscription fee. There are no uh, no reoccurring fees of any kind. You come in, you rent or buy what you want to buy and, and, and be done with it. Now, a subscription video-on-demand service is where there's a monthly fee uh, that's reoccurring, and uh, both of them use streaming technology, depending on how you choose to access your content, but subscription video-on-demand is different in that there's a monthly fee. And the best illustration I can give is to, to equate, and I'll go back to talk about an old video store again. There's the new release wall where you walk in on yeah. a Friday night and all the new stuff and everyone's queued up and grabbing yeah. it at $6 to rent. And you grab it, and there's the, not one there, and you've got to go to find something else, yep. Right, correct. That used to happen for sure. And then you've got the weekly section of the video store where there's a whole bunch of the older stuff that's already had its turn on the new release wall and now it's like, you know, a dollar for seven days. Now, the fact is that for the most part, particularly as it comes to feature films, subscription video-on-demand services offer an all-you-can-eat price, but you're getting the weekly section. You're not getting the new release wall. And whereas a service like EasyFlix and not unlike other pay-per-view services, and I mentioned a couple before and they've had enough of a run already, 
um, is where you can access the latest release movies to either rent or buy six, 12, 24 months before they become available in the weekly section and then by default those uh, subscription video-on-demand services. Mm -hmm. And so um, we all use technology called streaming to deliver a a title, but um, we also offer download to own, which means that once you've downloaded a file to your device, and in our case you can select and use up to five different devices, uh, you can also play back that content offline. So that's great if you're traveling or if you know, and, and I know there's some market research here that studios have done, uh, kids will watch their favorite family film up to 20 times. Well, the last thing that you want to have happen is for for the kids to chew into the data plan by, by uh, streaming a film 20 times. Um, but if you download it once, then, you know, whether you're traveling in the car or at home, they can play that content back offline. And so that's some of the benefits of having a pay-per-view service relative to a subscription service but Trevor, the truth of the, the truth of the matter is they're highly complementary, and yeah. there's no better example in the relationship that, that that seems to be apparent between the likes of a Netflix and Apple. And I mean, I, as I understand it, there's a wonderful story that Steve Jobs called Reed Hastings of Netflix and said, "Hey, I really want Netflix on this new device I'm coming out. It's called an iPad." And so um, then they're, they're more complementary subscription yeah. video on demand services than they are competitive. And of course, there's going to be instances where some content's on both, and there's going to be a value choice. Certainly when you can get something for an all-you-can-eat price relative to the ownership proposition or a pay-per-view transaction. And, um, you know, the fact is consumers are going to probably have a hybrid solution of both a streaming, uh, a subscription service rather, and they'll come in and out of pay-per-view services. And I hope that I've in layman's terms, and I'll shut up now, but <laughs> I've described the, the, the two appropriately. So you're offering Better Call Saul at, for 10 bucks. I can watch the whole season. That is that a, um, a promotional price uh, to get the awareness out there, or is that the standard price you would charge for a, for a show like this? Now that's a that's a good and a very fair question. It is a promotional price, and yep. typically an episode of TV is available to buy only, not to rent on pay per view services, and that's the same everywhere in the world. And in Australia, the market pricing is about two dollars ninety nine to buy a current uh, episode of TV. Yep. In some instances, the entire season, there might be a little bit of a break. But um, uh, in this case, uh, Better Call Saul, there's 10 episodes in the first season. And we've decided that rather than, you know, allow people to, or, or not allow, rather than kind of charge the $30, it's a new product. There's pent-up demand for it. Uh, Breaking Bad was one of our most successful products, um, you know, that's really set up Better Call Saul. And we thought, you know what, for our existing customers to give them a bit of a reward and for new customers to consider Easy flex over the alternatives. Why don't we put a promotional price together and say ten dollars if you buy in the next uh, two weeks um, to to entice them to try us out if they haven't or reward them if they already have. And that's uh, that's what we've tried to do here with the pricing on Better Call Saul. And to go back to your analogies, uh, are we buying it here or are we are we renting it? No, you're definitely buying it. Oh. Uh, so you once you've bought it from Easy Flex, you own it. You can uh, download it up on up to five different devices. Uh, you can all, We store it in the cloud for you, so if you don't want it stored on your device and you just simply want to stream it, or if, you've, if your five devices are at home and you, you're away and you want to stream it whilst you're away, you can do that too. So that's one of the benefits of the, the cloud storage. We hold a digital rights locker for you, but we also allow you to download it on five different devices, and it's yours forever. 
And uh, I'm just looking at the website, and if I look at Better Call Saul compared to another another show, interestingly, there's different icons that say watch now. So is that because I'm buying it? And so it will work on Chromecast when I try and watch it on my iPad? or? Um, so I, I can't, I, I'm not sure what you're looking at. So I'm not entirely sure what the, the question right. is. So on, so on Better Call Saul, it says watch now on. It's got a picture of a computer, an Apple, and an Android. Whereas on, uh, I can't remember what other show I picked, clicked on, Orange is the New Black, I clicked on that. Right. And it also had a, I think it had a, a Chromecast icon and a couple of others. Right, okay. So in the case of uh, in the case of Better Call Saul, as it stands today, it's available, it's showing that it's available on iOS devices and it's available on Android devices or on your PC and Mac. Hmm. Those other icons would indicate the other ways in which that you uh, would be able to access, and I think you mentioned Orange is the New Black, and as we work through the uh, ingestion of Better Call Saul, so our, our, you know, the first offer is in line with the other in the market, which is available on uh, Android, iOS, and PC and Mac. Um, and we're going to work towards making it available on Google Chromecast and in the fullness of time on Apple's AirPlay as well. So for those people who uh, want to enjoy it on a bigger screen, uh, then you're going to be able to use the, the casting, be it Chromecast or, or AirPlay, in the fullness of time. And I should also say that will also include uh, Samsung TV. It's not as it stands today, but it's a it's a work towards, and we hope to get there in a matter of weeks. Is that one of the dramas for for a company like yours? Because you have to acquire rights in such a way that you might actually be able to get the rights to a program, but they don't let you put it on I don't know certain different platforms, and that becomes the confusing thing for consumers. I guess what I'm getting at is. Oh my God! The number of times I've had to explain to people that that rights is a really, really challenging issue, and there's there's always reasons why. For example, you know, one company has it on television but doesn't have it on any of their internet platforms. You know, the people that make these products and sell these products don't make it easy for the for the consumers at the other end because they're trying to maximise their revenue, surely. Yeah, Trevor, that's an excellent question, and you've actually kind of cut, you've, you've crossed across about three very distinct areas. So. Um, and I'll, I'll address the last one first about broadcast rights versus uh, catch-up rights. And typically, a broadcaster buys first-run rights to a television show in particular. And by default, that gives them a, typically a 7- to a 14-day catch-up period where it's available for free on whether it's one of the awesome servers. It could be iView, it could be you know, Yahoo 7, it could be Jumping, it could be uh, Tenplay. But there's a finite time that they're allowed people to catch up. And catch-up services... Uh, were designed for people who genuinely missed an episode through its, uh, you know, 13 week, uh, you know, season run on TV. They're travelling away, and they said, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to miss what I watched. So let me catch up on it. And so mm-hmm. that's what uh, for broadcast writing and a limited window of catch up typically go together. Thereafter, um, TV content moves into what's called its home entertainment window, and that's when we start seeing TV on DVD. Um, in the likes of JB, Sanity, and EasyDVD.com, for example. Now, it just, it's just uneconomical to, re- to produce on DVD one episode at a time. So what happens is uh, studios and retailers will wait till the last episode of the 13 episodes in a season, for example, and put out all 13 on TV on DVD. But what's happening in, uh, in the digital world is that it is economical to bring out each episode the day after its television broadcast. So... Broadcasters will buy the first-run right, which typically will come with catch-up rights, uh, because they don't typically have a pay-per-view service, or certainly there are none in Australia that do. Um, then it comes to organisations like EasyFlix, and again, I mentioned two others earlier, and they've had enough of a run, mm. who would then be able to sell those episodes for 2.99. 
Um, the reality is in the first week or two they're probably available and free in a catch-up service. But again, a catch-up service requires you to be connected to the internet. Pay-per-view service says that after you've downloaded, which does require an internet connection, it's yours to own and you can play it back offline. So uh, that's the, you know, and then there are different rights that kind of fall on after that for, you know, after an extended period that content might then become available in a subscription video on demand service. Do you reckon all of this though confuses people just as much as anything else and that's why piracy still exists because people go, God, I don't know where to find it. (laughs) Yeah, look, it's, it's fair to say, you know, whilst it confuses people, I think because they're being presented with more options than ever before. Because the fact is, consumers have always known that, for example, movies are available in cinema first, then they can't find it for a long time, then it's available to rent from the video store, and then they can't find it for a long time, and then all of a sudden it's on free-to-air TV on a Sunday night. So I think we're actually very used to the concept of True. windows for content. But yep. now what we're seeing is new technology is throwing more and more options, and that's why it's con- confusing. But to your point about piracy, and there's no doubt piracy is driven by three very simple things. One, demand for the content in the first instance, which is driven by great programming and terrific marketing. So no surprise there. If you create demand for something, people want to see it. Mm. But thereafter, a lack of availability of the content on legitimate services starts to... <laughs> starts to create the problem. So, for example, if a cinema gets a movie and it you know, has its you know, theatrical release on a Wednesday night, as they typically do, you know, within about three or four weeks, it's no longer in the cinema, but there's still 128, 120 days rather between the day that it first aired on the cinema screen mm. to when it's available on a, uh, on a video-on-demand service like EasyFlex. And so what happens for those 90-odd days where I can't access it? So the demand is there, and I might, may or may not be a cinema goer, I may or not have missed it, but I can't get it for 90 days. And so that availability becomes a really key issue for piracy. And, of course, the last one is value. And I'd make the point that I think we're all headed in the right direction. The availability of legitimate services, value propositions, whether it's a subscription video-on-demand service or you know um, aggressive pay-per-view services, which we like to think EasyFlix is, are doing at least some things to address piracy. And we won't eradicate it entirely, but... I've made the comment to folks before, I, I don't know anyone that pirates music anymore because, in fairness, back in 2001 with the invent of the iPod and two years later with iTunes, mm. it's just damn convenient to buy a single or an album and get it on this great little device and take it with you anywhere. I mean, that's worth a buck, isn't it? Or two bucks, <laughs> as the case may be here. Why steal it? Yeah. You know, and I think so inevitably... We will address now. Music never had the same windowing. I, exactly, in, in I think TV I think you, you've nailed it there in terms of why piracy and music doesn't exist. But the entertainment industry, outside of music, TVs, and movies, haven't come to terms with two things in my mind. One is regions, and the other is windowing. The the whole point of windowing is is a problem for for the average Joe who just wants to watch something. But it totally makes sense to me as someone who walk, works at a broadcaster. So I support it in that sense. But the, the and the region thing, the fact that you know it's difficult for a program to have global rights as opposed to regions. But again, that comes down to we're we're in this black hole between when region-based broadcast rights uh, pays for a piece of content versus when enough people are willing to spend those five, ten, or two dollars on programming that makes it viable to produce a hundred million dollar TV show and get your money back globally. So it's a tough kind of battle that we're we're getting towards, I think. 
Yeah, you know, but here's what won't change in that whole regional thing. And and in fairness to the broadcasters here in Australia, they're doing a much better job of, you know, what they call express from the US. And so too is EasyFlix in some instances. And in the case of Breaking Bad, we were 24 hours within the US uh, broadcast. But it did have to have its first run on Fox. But, you know, the fact is that, say, for example, January, where all of Australians are on holidays, right? So we're not ready to sit in front of the TV and engage with the next great TV content yet. You know, it, that's, it's not the case in the US. They're not having holidays in January. So things like school holidays start to interfere with the, the scheduling of TV content. So as much as the, 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 the broadcasters are doing a great job in trying to align and, you know, play around with the, the ratings period, but, you know, they need to set a show up and they need to promo it right, such as they get the right audience on episode one so they keep them all the way to episode 13. And then the best time to do that is not during school holidays, the school holidays don't align between the US and Australia. So you see what I'm saying? It's like they're doing mm. what they can. It's not perfectly aligned. I'm sure the content rights holders will have no problem with Australia being day after US broadcast. No problem whatsoever. The fact is it might not be commercially the optimal time for a broadcaster to uh, to make that show available. But I think they've made great strides and they'll continue to do that. And it used to be that Australian films were six months or more behind the US, and I'm talking 10 or more years ago. Now mm. we're seeing films like even The Water Diviner was launched first in Australia. Yeah. Um, and I don't believe, if I'm not mistaken, it hasn't yet launched theatrically in the US. And mm. so whilst the, those examples are rarities, what we're seeing is a lot closer for the theatrical releases of films in Australia being kind of we've called day and date with the US or pretty close to. So there's a lot more going on around scheduling and programming to eradicate piracy from that perspective anyway and, and allow consumers to access it without having to, you know, connect wires and stand on stools and hold, you know, uh, coat hangers out the window to try and get a uh, connection <laughs> to the US. I mean, that's just foolish, right? It's yeah. a lot of effort for, the, for, for a small minority. But for the most part, I think everybody, the whole industry is working in the right direction to make more content available more quickly and at a value proposition to consumers. And that's a good thing. Well, good luck. EasyFlix, E-Z-Y-F-R-F-L-I-X dot TV is the place to go. Bunch of content there. And as you say, no subscription. Just get what you want, rent, buy, whatever you like, and enjoy the content. That's what it's all about. Thanks, Craig. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you for listening. If you've got a question about technology, problem with technology, doesn't matter what it is, jump on the blower, one eight hundred one five seven one five seven 157 157 or... Go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Des. Hello, Trevor. What can I do for you? Mate, I've recently acquired, well, it was a Christmas present, a uh, Pendo Pad mm-hmm. 10.1 mm-hmm. Um, uh, tablet, mm-hmm. and I've had a few issues with it. When I first uh, got it, we initialised it, and then it operated fine for a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden I went to use the email, and all the email information dropped out for all the server information right. had gone mm-hmm. um, I re- I re- and I had a bit of trouble finding it all I wasn't sure what, how, how to get it started but I eventually got it operation and what I did then was take a, a snapshot of each of the screens so I knew what, what information I had to put back but I've had to do it again another three times since then really so you, you're literally not, having to basically restart the whole thing yeah, the first now, time I had, I, I went, sorry, but the first time I went right back to factory reset. Yes. Uh, and But the next time I didn't, I just, just had to go back. Email and, 
Yeah, adding an account. Yeah. And when, when, but, when the accounts disappear, do they just disappear or do they just corrupt and you have to delete them and start again? Well, no, they're not corrupt. It just says uh, no connection, no email. And, and I'm sitting right beside it. I use, I've got a desktop with a uh, an Optus uh, what, um, hmm. modem, a fairly big modem with a Wi-Fi connection. Yep. And I'm connected to that and I'm only three feet away from it. So it's not a matter of being a problem if I'm distance or anything like that the but only, it just seems well, to disappear hang on. hang on if you've got, also got a desktop where is your email so who, who's your email provider uh, optus um well you go through optus uh, my zoo now are you using yeah. outlook on your computer i do use outlook yes now here's what I, I, think. I don't sorry i no. don't use outlook until after everything's gone through through zoo because i use it as my sort of uh, check everything dump the stuff i don't want and then I'll put it onto Outlook and save it on there. Now, is it possible that yep. the reason there's nothing showing on your uh, tablet is because it's already been downloaded onto the Outlook? No, no. It, nothing goes to Outlook until I open Outlook. Right. It, it, if, if I, it, unless I open Outlook, nothing leaves the zoo uh, web page, leaves the zoo until yes. it goes into, until it's open. And, and I have so to actually... Open you, Outlook. When you, when you lose the account and then you add it in, you see email straight away. It's not like it takes a while and then it comes back. The, the, the emails are in the, um, will come up on the hard, on the hard, on the, sorry, on the desktop, uh-huh. but there'll be nothing on the, on the tablet. It'll just say no connection. And when you and, add the account again, does yeah. it, um, does it, does the email appear straight away? No. No. And how long does it take? Oh, well, it when, I, when you say straight away, I mean, it gives it a little bit of time for it to sort of pick itself up and then they'll come on, yes. If I haven't deleted anything, yes, those will come on, yes, sorry. Yep. Well, um, I'm somewhat at a loss, I've got to be honest, Des. I, um, my, <laughs> I'm, my, I'm my, not surprised. Well, no, my problem is I don't, I, I can't blame the tablet yet. I'd like no. to say I'll fault with the tablet, but it seems like a very strange thing to have a problem with. I think it's to do with the settings of the email. And I look, to be honest, I I think using an ISP for email like an Optus or a Big Pond is troublesome because the email is not their primary business. You know, right. they want you connecting to yep. the internet. I, I'm, a, I'm a much bigger fan of your Hotmail, um, you know, Gmail style accounts yeah. because yep. they are yep. bulletproof in this regard. Um, right. I, I wonder if... When you're originally the setup, and when you're doing the other the setup now, are you consulting with Optus on the on the server settings? Could it be on that the there's... server settings? Yes, I got them, and then they gave me a website to go and check them mm. from. And they're definitely correct. Yeah. Well, they, they, as soon as I put them in and get them correct, um, I can I can turn it on, um, and then immediately it'll come back. Yeah, right. It'll it'll make the connection, and and because I can go into the settings on the tablet. And click on the settings and where it says uh, Wi-Fi, it'll immediately say a good signal or strong signal or whatever it says, hmm. and it's it's right there. And then it'll, then the little wheel will start twirling, and up will come the emails that are there. But so when you when the email's not working, is it the email account or is it the tablet not getting signal connection? Uh, no, the emails come emails when it's not working, emails will still come on my desktop. No, you forget the desktop. So when you're on the tablet, oh, sorry. And yep. the emails aren't working. Can you get on the internet? Can you do other things yes, with the tablet? Yes, I can. Yes, I can still get on the internet. I can still call up Google or whatever. Yep. I what I here's what I would really love you to do. I'd love yep. you to to park the desktop for a week. 
How, right. often, how, how quickly will it reoccur, this problem? Will it reoccur every couple of days? Oh, well, it, um, I've had a week, a week of uh, no problem at the moment. Mm. But previously, the first time it went off, it was within a couple of days it did it again. And then I had no problem. And I actually called into one of the stores that sell it, and the, uh, the guy put me straight, got me back on it, and said, "Take a photocopy, uh, photo of the of the settings mm. and so on," which is what I've done. So I know where I'm putting them back. You so know. the reason, look, I'm just troubleshooting here, but I, I just want to rule out whatever it is you're doing with the desktop as being part yep. of the problem. So right. what I'd love for you to do is not use the desktop to access your webmail, which is you call Optus Zoo. Or Outlook, yep. right? Just don't touch yep. them. Use the desktop for anything else you might use it for. But yep. don't use your desktop at all for email. And yep. then I want to see right. what happens after a week or so if the problem yep. occurs. And then a, when you yeah, use the problem. computer again, do you start that. doing stuff, does it occur again? Because that to me might indicate that it's a problem with the way you're using your mail. And we'll have to touch base again once you've done that test perhaps. Yeah, okay. All right, so All give right. that a whirl. Go on a on a, on a PC uh, a drought for, for a week yep. <laughs> and see whether the problem replicates. Absolutely, no it, problem. If the problem replicates yep. while you're not using the PC, then it really comes back to uh, 100% checking with Optus that it is the right settings, and then finally yep. there, there must be a fault with that thing. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. All right. Okay. Right. Good luck, Desmond. Thank Let you me very know much. how you go, mate. Thanks for returning the call. I sat and waited for you on Saturday, but I missed you by one one caller. Oh, sorry, buddy. It was a, mate. It was <laughs> a very right. busy show. We... I, I, the, the lady on 4BC said it might you might be one who missed out. So yeah, I knew oh, well. that was on. Yeah, on look, the, the um, we, it was our first week going into Brisbane, and, and it was very popular. Too so, pop, um, too yeah. popular. Oh, That's mate. the problem. Yeah. I love being popular. It was a great it's show. Thanks, very, mate. Very Appreciate rare. it very much. Thanks, Desmond. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Get in touch if you've got a question. EFTM.com.au. G'day, John. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Good, mate. What can I do for you? I just wanted to pass on a bit of a tip from a caller. I think it was two podcasts ago. He was, I think he already had some Ethernet cabling in the house, and he was wondering whether he could uh, use that to spread his um, internet signal Yes. You know, to the further part of the and house I, instead I, of using Wi-Fi. I remember, I remember saying to him that I had a challenge with that myself, even even working with Netgear on that, and that access points were possible, but it just felt like such a bloody hard thing for me. Have you had better experience? Yeah, well, I, I actually went through this uh, about a couple of months ago. I had power line, uh, you know, Ethernet over power, mm-hmm. serving my um, downstairs area, and although it was pretty reliable, it wasn't all that quick. Yep. And... Um, I looked at possibly having a wireless access, access point down there as well, but ultimately what I decided to do was to run some Cat6 cable from the upstairs where my cable modem is located <clears throat> down to the lower level of the house behind the TV, which is kind of in the middle of the, the lower portion of the house. Sure. And I was lucky enough to be able to run the cable on the outside of the house, so I didn't have to fiddle you know, with wall cavities and flooring and that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, once that was done, I bought a a very cheap but very good quality Netgear, Netgear router. The exact model number is WNDR3800. Mm-hmm. I think it's been around since about 2009. <clears throat> so all the bugs are ironed out. It's on very good firmware. It's got the reputation of being extremely stable. And $89, you can't go wrong with that. It's a yep. dual-band AC and, and N router. So, you know, it's got pretty much all you need for the job. Yep. Um, 
The secret to get this to work as an access point instead of as it is coming out of the box a router, mm. are basically two two keys to doing it. You connect the 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 primary router, the one that's already the, the one you've already got that is running your internet. You run your Cat5 cable out of one of the uh, network ports on the back of that. So usually they've got four ports. Mm. Just use one of those. Run the cable out of that and into the second router. Put it into one of its four ports, not not its, into um, the internet part. Yeah, not not the separate port right. that sits on the back. Just one of the four network ports. Second stage of the process is to disable the DHCP on your second router. Right, which and is that's pretty much what turns that, yeah. it into an access point. Right, and I think that may be that's where I, I didn't I didn't go into that much trouble, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that second step is really what prevents the router, the second router, from acting as a router and giving its own IP addresses to anything that it connects to. So what about then my biggest concern, I guess, was being able to walk from upstairs to downstairs and not have to change Wi-Fi networks for it to be kind of continuous for the for the device? <clears throat> okay, now the way to do that um, is to use the same network name or SSID. Hmm. On both routers, same and password. On the same, same password mm. on the same band, exactly the same SSID. So uppercase, lowercase, everything's got to be identical. Mm. But put them on different channels, and it's best to use channels which don't overlap with each other. So sure. there are 11 Wi-Fi channels in use in Australia, I believe, mm-hmm. on on the N band anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you use Pick 1, 6, and 11. They're the ones that are furthest space from each other. Right. If you pick 1 and 6 or 6 and 11 or 1 and 11, um, you'll be fine. So on your primary router, perhaps put that on channel 1. On your secondary router, put that on 6 as an example. Mm -hmm. That way you'll be able to roam around the house with your iPad or other device and it will automatically connect to whichever signal is the strongest and it will do it completely seamlessly. You won't notice... I even have streaming video on my iPad. I can walk around the house. It'll automatically flip between routers and it doesn't pause or stutter or there's absolutely no indication that it's switched from, switched from one router right. to the other. Yeah, perfect. So you are basically getting the, the full, full network and, and I guess your device will hang on to the, to, the, to the lower network until it gets a much stronger signal at the, at the upper network or it loses signal. Yeah, that's right. If it's got no reason to change, then it will hang on to the one it's already connected to. So it's not uh-huh. like it just flips flips between them for the sake of it. It works extremely well. Um, I've got um, the cable Telstra Cable Broadband Ultimate, so I think that's the same one. You've got it's over 100 megabits a second connection speed. Uh-huh. And now that I've got the Cat5 or Cat6 cable running downstairs, I've got exactly the same speed downstairs as I do upstairs. Yep and uh, in, into the secondary router, because I've got those, well, one of the ports is in, or in use connecting to the first router. That gives me three ports into which I can plug things like my smart TV and my PVR, uh, an Apple TV box, or if you run out of ports, obviously just put a switch in it and yeah, get right. another four or six or eight ports that way. Perfect. Well, Simple. mate, that is awesome. That is very useful for... Uh... For people looking to uh, get that better Wi-Fi network in their home, I'm going to try my best to set it up this weekend at home and uh, and give it a whirl, and uh, and hopefully I'll have the same luck that you had, John. Okay, no worries. Hopefully it's a help for people. Good on you, mate, and thanks for getting in touch and thanks for sharing your insights. Okay, thanks, Trevor. 
thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. It's good to be back with you in full fine voice, I think. And um, it was a very weird week last week to not be able to talk normally. Uh, but it's great to be back, and I appreciate your support. If you've got a question with technology, a problem, whatever it is, jump on the website, eftm.com.au. Bunch of great content there. And I uh, love to know what you think each and every week. I don't mind if you email me every week. I don't mind if you tweet me every week. It's just great to hear from people. Otherwise, I'm literally sitting here in my office talking to myself. That's a bit weird. Uh, you're listening to Your Tech Life. Get in touch anytime at Trevor Long on Twitter, uh, at Your Tech Life, and at EFTM Fit. Please follow them all because you get a variety of content and the numbers are good. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Back next week. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, Tech Life. Life with Trevor Long.